Welcome to New Friends Cinema, where we get to know each other by sharing our favorite movies. From childhood throwbacks to recent comforts, we walk through the stories together. Keep in mind, this podcast contains mad spoilers, and join us at the New New Friends Cinema. Welcome back to New Friends Cinema. Welcome back. Episode three. I'm Dakota. And I'm Courtney. We nailed that. We did. (laughs) We did. And we're going to work really hard on our volume and our not touching the mic. And by we, I mean me. I mean, I'm already like moving all around. But yeah, (laughs) me too. Me too. We are here. Welcome. (sighs) How are you? I'm good. I'm great. I got drunk the other night and I cut my own bangs. Oh, now I see it. You see (laughs) They they were better yesterday because I had just washed my hair, but they're a little, yeah, they're okay, I think. Yeah, they're fine. I, it's just, I didn't notice that there were bangs at first. And now that you've named them, there there they are. <laughs> yeah, they're there. I woke up this morning and they were sticking straight <laughs> up. Like uh, something about Mary style? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Not no. because of that. Yeah. I meant like the volume. <laughs> the volume, yes. The substance, no. no. Um, Yeah, I've been really needing a haircut for a while and mm-hmm. I guess I just got the emotion just couldn't be contained anymore. Prob was home and not drinking. <laughs> I, I was supervised. <laughs> did nothing to stop me. Oh. And when I confronted him about it the next day, he's like, hey, man, you were on your own journey. Oh, like, yeah. This is the, I- <laughs> you, you make your bed. You got to yeah. lie in it situation. Yeah. It's not the first time. It won't be the last. Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. I have never cut my own bangs. And I feel like that is a thing. Knowing you as a person. <laughs> I'm surprised by that. Yep. That you have never cut your, have you cut your own hair at all? Nope. When I was six, I think I gave myself a half mullet and I got in a lot of trouble because it was the day before picture day. Mm -hmm. And I legit, and by half mullet, I mean not like party in the front or business in the front, party in the back. It was party on the left and business (laughs) on the side, (laughs) (laughs) on the right. So I got, I got a little in trouble. I'll, I'll try and track down a picture because it's solid. I'm Mm -hmm. loving it, but. Well, maybe when mm. one of these nights we can... Oh, no. No? No, 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 no. I will, whatever level of inebriation I would be at, there would yeah. be a hardcore no. Because I had bangs until 16. Yeah. And I have the most aggressive cowlick you could only imagine mm-hmm. on the left side. And I kind of got the nickname. <laughs> As a result. No. <laughs> Don't know. Oh, no. Yep. Yep. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Well, we won't bring that back. That's no, fine. we won't. I respect that. Like, if you say no, I'm not like, I understand. Hold me consent. down and give me bangs. No. <laughs> but I just thought it might be fun. But that's all right. Yeah. I could do something else reckless. That's fun. Um, but bangs is okay. not one of them. Nice. But I like yours. Thanks. <laughs> Thank <you>. <laughs> <sighs> so I've been so excited. Yes. Giddy. I don't even know if you enjoyed it or not i have been very quiet yeah and i just watched it last night but uh, yeah i know and i was like (laughs) give me something no i'm saving it for the record (sighs) i did enjoy it oh good okay well because it's people hate it really it has 29 percent on rotten tomatoes it didn't even make back half of its budget really it's not a movie that is well received even to this day like online People are just, they don't, they think it's horrible. Oh, wow. I think this speaks to a commonality between the two of us. Mm-hmm. I love a bad movie. Yeah, me too. I love bad movies. Yeah, me too. 
I, I really do. Like, I lean into it. Why not? I just think that people need to chill out <laughs> and just have fun. Like it's fun. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not trying to be serious nope. at all. Nope. Nope. You know, and, and it's, it, it's, it's okay if you don't like it. Of course. It's not that. It's just like, loosen up a little bit. Cause I was yeah. reading some of the reviews. I'm like, okay. Like, calm down. Yeah. You know, it's, we're not, this is not something that's like trying to be Oscar level. Yeah. yeah. Artsy. Anyway. No, 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 no. This is a 2000 movie mm-hmm. with it's a whodunit whodunit right? i literally wrote that and yeah. apparently it is a word whodunit yeah <laughs> but oh for the record we are talking about the movie yes this week's movie <gasps> which was my pick and it is drowning mona bum 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 drowning mona released in the year 2000 directed by nick gomez who i have never seen anything else that he did mm. i don't i've never even heard of I wrote down, he did, uh, Laws of Gravity and New Jersey Drive. Nope. A lot of stuff in that era, I guess, but I, I have, I have no idea. This is the only, um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but the, if you have not seen this movie, the cast alone, like when I said last week that Courtney was going to shit when she saw the cast, the fact that you've never heard of it, it's like, <clears throat> I wrote down every time a, a cast member came in, I was like, yeah. Jamie freaking Lee Curtis. Yeah. Or like, bed. Bet bed bet freaking middle yeah yeah this is we'll get into I think it. this is our first movie that is like also a full on a list cast mm-hmm. like really like there's a lot of other like not a listers in it but like there I'm looking at my list there's one two three four at least four like iconic yeah a list actors in this movie absolutely uh we have Danny DeVito oh the lead. Every time, okay, so I am a hardcore fan of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Have you seen? Yeah, I, I've seen most of it. Yeah. I think I've seen, yeah. Every time I see that man in anything else, I just can't help but hear in the back of my head, I'm the trash man. <laughs> or him like, the, what, what, the, when he's, you gotta pay the troll toll to, to get, get into to the, the boys, boys hole. <laughs> so, yeah, he's good. I, I mean, I love Danny DeVito. I'm so mm-hmm. comforted by him. Yeah, I don't, Anything that he, I haven't, obviously I haven't seen everything that he's done, but anything that I see, I'm like, ah, Danny I just, DeVito. I feel safe knowing that he's there. Yep. I don't know. Yep. I love him. Totally. Um, Nev Campbell. Um, she was hot at this time, right? Like not only like beautiful, she was, but no, but she, she was, was a hot, hot commodity. Yeah, for sure. Scream. Scream. Why am I blanking? The craft oh i was tr- my brain was like clash say the, clash the clash no the craft yeah um wild things oh see she was that yeah late 1990s early 2000s yeah. a list the uh, jaw yeah the jaw structure incredible mm-hmm. uh bet midler mm-hmm. who i love she always she's so over the top right because she's like theater and when I say yeah. there was not enough Bette Midler yeah. in this movie, I was disappointed. And it, that's the, one of the yeah. things that I was disappointed about this movie is that she's only present in the very first beginning of the movie mm-hmm. and then in flashbacks. I was prepared for her to be a oh, yeah. pivotal part well, of the movie. Well, the whole movie is about her. It is. Yeah. It is. I, I also, she's another one where I really love like everything that mm-hmm. she does because she's just like, she's so over the top. And I think especially in this role. Yes. You, these people are horrible and yeah. you you love it like they're caricatures <laughs> yeah of a horrible it's not real family you know yeah a hundred percent uh jamie lee curtis mm-hmm. i don't even think we need to say anything else um a few and then you know 
I'll name the other people as they come are, in. But those are the really, you know, the big names. The hit, big hitters, for sure. <laughs> should we start? We should start. Get into it? I have notes. I'm scared. Why? Oh, no, I'm excited. I'm You're excited. excited. This, I mean... Yeah, this is not. I watch this a lot. Still, so it's a comfort movie. For I want to know why. When did this movie like come into your life? I remember watching it on a family movie night. Oh, really? Like in the year two thousand when it first came out. Yeah, and I I liked it then. I think the colors really like you know. It's muted. I think it's very vibrant, but really? it's like very a lot of color blocking. Agreed. And I have notes about mm. some of the cars, but we'll get into that. Yeah. And then my mom found out that I had seen it. She got really mad that I, I was too young, I guess. I don't know. And then it <laughs> it was out of my life for years. For mm. probably 15 years, I didn't see it. And then a few years ago, I was at home a lot with an injury and I was going through a really hard time. And I saw that movie on like a streaming service and I was like, oh, like, I'll watch it. I had a lot of time, right? Right. And it just like clicked for me. Like it just, it felt everybody who was there, the fun of the story, the ridiculousness of it. I'm safe in knowing what happened. So comforting. And it's just something there's, I have never seen anything else like it. It's dumb. And And I think that's what's awesome. So specifically something that I enjoy. You know what I mean? Like there isn't another movie out there that just like is like, yeah, that's, and it's, like an hour and 30 minutes it's the perfect length yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah um yeah so and since a few years ago yeah i watch it a lot like not cool. not a scary amount but <laughs> every few months or if i'm having like a really bad day and i feel sad mm. you know just throw it on yeah well, and I'm... prob likes it too so that's good there's a, a couple quotes that are his favorite that i'll Excellent. bring up <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that's how it came or about for me and you had said you'd never even heard of it never even heard of it and which it's so funny is understandable because it was such a flop well it flopped but the, the the cast it's so surprising like there's maybe a part of me that kind of registered it being like okay yeah that kind of looks familiar but never never came into my life that, to the point where i would watch it yeah okay let's do okay. it <laughs> yeah so drowning mona uh we start with a block blank screen and the words come on years ago the yugo car company chose verplank new york to test market its new breed of vehicle but that's a whole other story so everyone in this movie drives the same car i just wanted to say quick things about this the yugo car company that is true that was my first question is this real so yes and no okay they did try to test market in north america from i think 82 to 90 something late 90s um they were trying to it was supposed to be like a like just enough well you saw these little boxy cars yeah um but them doing this everyone in this town with the same car that is not real oh. that is not true unfortunately i was so excited i was like could you even imagine yeah um but those cars are so small yeah and i think it's a really good it's a it's a plot device, right? It shows you everyone has their own vanity license plate. Yes. So you're seeing who ha- who's driving whose car, who's being seen where, what color everybody has. I you thought know. it was pretty pro- like pretty cool. Yeah. So and then the song Shambhala by Three Dog Night comes on, mm. and that's one of my dad's favorite songs too. Oh, so it's just comforting. really like ooh on the way to Shambhala. Yeah, so that's a nice one, and it's like a beautiful sunny morning, mm. and it's like this. Nice, like pretty nice white house, but it's a little bit out of repair, I guess. Yeah. 
And a very bedraggled-looking Bette Midler. (laughs) Bedraggled. I love that word. Kind of comes stomping out of her house to her car. She's got her keys in her hands. And there are the two cars next to each other, hers and her son's. She tries her keys to get into her car, Mm -hmm. and the key isn't working, so then she just turns to her right, unlocks her son's car, doesn't think anything of it, gets in his car. She's driving. Yeah, she's driving down a very windy cliff road and she comes to a corner in the road she's going too fast she tries to brake um but the brakes don't work and she promptly flies off the cliff into the water and drowns hence drowning mona guess what the the movie is named after the scene uh i wrote down that no brakes going out is probably one of the most genuinely terrifying things that could probably happen it is so that is that so is scary, so scary. Yeah. a few years ago with my old car my brakes were shot in the winter time oh my goodness. and i have not on a cliff road thank god yeah in town i have had the experience of pushing my brake and when your brake goes all the way to oh, the floor no, no, and no, you're no, just no. and i was luckily able to just you know slough off the side of the road <laughs> safely yeah uh, but that's a very scary, like, thing. That, like, yeah. thunk, thunk sound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know this movie is a comedy, a dark comedy, no less. Yeah. <laughs> but in uh, that, that scene, I was like, oh, this makes my stomach drop. Yeah. So oh. she flies off a very high cliff into the water. There is a guy just a ways away uh, fishing. Yeah. He's just, like, fishing and watches it happen, right? Yeah. And this guy is played by an actor named Tracy Walter, who was for – he's – Over the span of probably 40 years, he's been in a lot of stuff, but Mm -hmm. particularly in the late 90s and early 2000s, he was in every single movie ever. He's never has a big role. He's always like a side character. He has a very distinct look. Um, if you don't like recognize just talking about him, just Google his name. Yeah. And you'll be like, Oh yeah, I've seen him in at least 10 movies probably. Yeah. So, and I like him. He, he's good at that kind of on the outskirts kind of a lot of times he'll play like a weirdly like um prophetic character or Mm -hmm. like a goofy character like kind of a yeah Yeah, totally so anyway he's there he watches it so the next shot we're in the police station and chief wyatt rash who's played by danny devito he's the chief of police he's on the phone with his daughter and they're talking about musicals Mm -hmm. um and then in i guess like I mean, it's a small town, so it's like the bullpen, but it's just like the couple desks, it's right? It's an office. <laughs> There's the three other cops. Yeah. So the one cop is like, I don't know cop terms very well, but the one is like just under deputy, the chief, and then the other two are like the the lowest rung of police officer. Right. Right? So one's standing at the window, and then the other two are talking about... They're talking about pipples or like a report that one of them filed that was incorrect. Yeah. And one of them's lifting, listing off kinds of pitbulls. And the guy's like, well, she said it was a long haired pitbull. <laughs> like the other one's like, well, that doesn't exist. Thing. We have to redo it, whatever. And then the one guy, he's like, uh, I'm not attacking you. I'm just trying to work this out. Like they're having a very serious, like, but also respectful conversation <laughs> with each other. It's very emotionally like ground, like the, the way they're talking to each other. I was like, well, this is really sweet. Like a little bit of a frickin' frack kind of dynamic. Totally. But it was just really sweet. And then there's kind of like this jockey kind of guy, the deputy who's kind of doing like this power stance. <laughs> And you can kind of tell that he, they're small town cops and they might not be the sharpest tools in the shed for sure. You kind of get that vibe from all of them. And Danny DeVito takes his job really seriously. Yes. Like he, he really is like, he's 
relying on them and the, and kind of there's a lot of the law and order and stuff there's that yeah, aspect of like earnest. yeah really you know trying to do a good job and mm-hmm. stuff like that so um chief wyatt is informed that mona was in a car accident and mm-hmm. is dead um so the next scene uh is the song uh in the summertime by mungo jerry in the summertime when the weather is hot and we're kind of in a uh shot from above and we see Bobby Calzone, who's played by Casey Affleck, mm-hmm. who is Ben Affleck's brother, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he did some stuff around that time, too. And I think he got into some legal issues. Yeah, and he's, he's just kind of... A, there's a lot of yeah. allegations against him. Yeah. yeah. And also, Wong. he's not a good actor. <laughs> no. And might I add, he's wearing a wig. <laughs> I was watching it through the lens of you, and for the first time, I was like, that's that a, wig. Is a wig. And you know how you can tell? <laughs> the hair at the back? Those are up. not sideburns. You can always tell if a wig is a wig, or if a good wig is a good wig, mm-hmm. if you cannot tell mm-hmm. if those are real sideburns. Those suckers are off that man's face. <laughs> I feel like that's another part of it, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, it's just... it. It's ridiculous. Anyway, yeah. so he owns a what do you call it landscaping. yard landscaping i said it earlier yard business i was like yard maintenance <laughs> um yeah so he is shown mowing a very large lawn from above he's doing a lot of yard work and we see this little mini montage of him doing this yard work poorly mm-hmm. like he's like accidentally cutting huge pieces of branches off of trees and oh, trying yeah. to hide them and like over the top silly bad like it's very clear yeah. that this person doesn't really know what they're doing, but is trying really hard to be good at but it. But <laughs> whenever anyone talks about their business, everyone says, oh, Bobby did such a great job. Yes. So he owns this business with Mona's son, Jeff Dearly, mm-hmm. who I have the name of that actor. He is played by Marcus Thomas, um, who I haven't seen in anything else. No. He is fantastic, I think, in this because he is disgusting. Convincingly disgusting Foul. like, like I, he's, you ugh. dislike this person from the get-go the way his mouth hangs open ugh. all the time he's stupid he looks like he smells bad. yeah <laughs> like he's just horrible person like, yeah such a horrible person and that's another thing through this whole movie you're like why is bobby in business with these people yeah like it doesn't anyway. track they don't line up in any way yeah bobby seems like a very sweet you know, naive, kind He's of simple, softer yeah. in the sense of just like not really standing up for himself. But he's a pushover, a bit of a pushover mm-hmm. and just young. Like he l- looks and acts quite yeah, young. They are very young. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that they're probably meant to be Maybe like 20, 20. Yeah. yeah. Like early. Um, so his business partner, Jeff, is sitting on a swing talking to a very young girl. Um, I wrote, and- is that a grown man hitting on a 12 year old? She's. Oh, Dot, dot, dot. She's 13. She's 13, yeah. Um, he is doing no work. And this is a really good introduction to who Jeff is. Mm-hmm. Because while Bobby is doing all of this work, he's just sitting, drinking a beer, and hitting on a child. It's yeah. gross. Like, right off the bat. You're like, gross. You hate this guy. Yeah. Yeah, so they get in the car, and Bobby makes a, you know, a comment on how inappropriate that is, and she's just a kid. Yeah. And she's 13, and Jeff is like, yeah, finally. finally. I literally wrote barf. It's so <laughs> horrible. Uh, we all know that kind of guy. Oh, my God. 
yeah, there's one. Every, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Unfortunately. So um, Bobby's driving Jeff to drop him off at home. And he tells him that he's picking him up early the next day because they have a big job. It's going to be really important for the business. It's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of money. And Jeff is like, I get half and none of this 50% bullshit. You know, I hate this guy so much. But, you know, I also agree. Math is hard. Yeah. And he's <laughs> he's also drinking. Like, yeah. Always. Loaded. Yeah, he's loaded. So, um. Now we cut back to the river, back to the scene of where the car um, Mm -hmm. went into the river. The cops, coroner, and mechanic are all at the river, and they're pulling Mona's car out. The coroner has to go into the river to pronounce her dead, and he's wearing, like, those (laughs) waterproof overalls, and as he steps in, he fully falls into the river and gets absolutely soaked, Yeah, right? And he's so upset about it, and then he goes over, you know, touches her. She's obviously dead, but... And then he's like, she's dead. Like, you know, (laughs) it's also just like very much the epitome of a small town where they have like one per no ambulance, nothing, just like one person coming out, checking the pulse. Yep. She's not there anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so the mechanic, uh, is named Lucinda and she is played by Kathleen Witt. Will Hoyt. Mm. She was on Gilmore Girls. She was Luke's sister. Jess's mom. She's pulling the car out of the river, right? And right. Wyatt is kind of asking her, like, you know, are we going to know? Are we going to know? Like, you're looking at... Because she's going to look at the car, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If anything happened, you'll know. And so, yeah, she says she'll you'll know. And then the other guy, like the other... Her co-worker is in the passenger seat and is like, you're going to charge him double, right? <laughs> and she's like, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So Jeff and Bobby pull up to Jeff's house where his dad... Who is played by William Fitchner. Um, the only other thing that I definitely know him from is Perfect Storm. Oh. Um, George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, and William Fitchner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you know who else is in that movie? Diane Lane. No, Diane Keaton? No. There's who, a lot of people in that movie, else? actually. I just watched it. <laughs> I can't remember now. Okay, moving on. <laughs> His name is Phil. Phil Dearly. Mm-hmm. Jeff's dad, Mona's husband. So the two <laughs> wingus and dingus, I guess, yeah. uh, police officers are there with Phil. And the cops have informed Phil that Mona is dead and they're waiting to tell Jeff. And they're going back and forth about who should tell yeah. him. You should do it. Oh, I'll do it. You, okay, you do it. Yeah, maybe it would be best if he heard it from you. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Jeff and Bobby come in and Jeff is sloppily chewing gum. Yeah. Like... Like, just, what? What's going on? Yeah. Right? And the cops tell him his mother is dead. And he just asks, he's like, what what was she doing in my car? It's just so very evident that both of their reactions, so Phil's reaction and Jeff's reaction, they're not too bothered by hearing about Mona's, like, death. It's, It's very clear that they didn't really like her. Yeah, and as we go through the movie, we get a lot of examples Yeah, of, you know, nobody liked her. It's basically the classic of, like, who didn't do it. Yes. Right? Like, mm-hmm. everyone had a bit of a reason why. They all had motive. <laughs> yeah. So, Bobby gets home to his lovely fiancée, Nev Campbell, mm-hmm. who, her character's name is Ellen, uh, I almost said Ellen Ripley, which is Sigourney Weaver in oh, Alien. Oh, in Alien. It's uh, Ellen Rash. <laughs> And so she's Danny DeVito's daughter. Yes. She's like sitting doing wedding invitations. Yeah. Sitting yeah. on the floor doing wedding invitations. Again, very young, like giving off a very young vibe. Right. Yes. 
I think she's wearing like cut off overalls. Mm-hmm. She just looks like Oshkosh Bagosh in a 20 year old body. So he tells her Mona is dead and she opens beers to celebrate. She's yeah. like not sad at all. We got to celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> and you, again, you're like, oh, a lot of people don't like Mona. So much so they're cracking beers to celebrate. Yeah, and But Bobby is like, come on. She was a human being. Like, mm-hmm. you, you're being so harsh about it. Like, Bobby's obviously shaken. He's the only one yeah. who's shaken at yeah. all. Taking it seriously. So now we cue our first flashback because Ellen is saying she's a horrible person. Like, mm-hmm. we should be celebrating. Like, mm-hmm. screw her kind of thing. So cue our first flashback. They're in the Dearly's kitchen. Jeff is standing at the cutting board doing that. He's quickly stabbing his knife over, like, between his fingers. You Have you oh, ever done that? I've never done that. Oh. But immediately when I see that happening, mm-hmm. I in this movie while watching it, I just, I cannot, I could not fathom if just someone started doing that in front of me. I could not be in the same room because I don't want to watch a finger get cut off. The vibes are bad. Yeah. You know, someone's doing that. The vibes are bad. It's we're on that teetering on the edge of real violence or something darker. You know, Um, I do not want to be in that house is what I'm. No. (laughs) And I think that's, you know, really right away. You're like, you don't want to be there. It's kind of dark. Like they're all just sitting around yelling at each other in the kitchen. So it's uh, Jeff, Phil, Mona and Bobby and Ellen. And they're all drinking at the Dearly's in the kitchen. And they're this is back before they had the landscaping business when mm-hmm. they were just going to go into business. And they're discussing um, what they should name it. Mm-hmm. And Jeff suggests it just BJ Landscaping. Mm-hmm. And Mona is like she like has a like laugh about it or whatever. Like and she's like, that's stupid. And then she's like, I don't get it. Uh, then they're like, okay, well, what about JB, right? Yeah. And then Jeff's like, well, why don't we do JP? JP's is good. Yeah. Right? And it's like, Ellen's like, because his name don't start with P. Yeah. Yeah. Very clear in this moment that they are not, Jeff's not the, the smartest guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I love the line where <laughs> Bette Midler's character is just like, well, you don't want people calling you BJ Landscaping. And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess. Fair enough. Bl- <laughs> Blowjob van- landscaping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, So Phil's like sitting in the corner being very like isolated yeah. and he just mumbles something. And everyone's like, what? What did you say? Like that kind of thing. And then Phil's just like, what? I think whatever they decide is good. And Bobby thanks him. Mm-hmm. And then Mona starts yelling at Bobby about why he's kissing his ass. And then Kiss all the dearlies start calling him a kiss ass and being like including phil so, and including phil you're such a kiss ass bobby like so ellen a lot through the lot of the movie she goes by ellie mm-hmm. so i'll be going back and forth i'll also just continue to call her nev campbell <laughs> perfect <laughs> so um back in the present day we're back in bobby and ellen's house and ellie says that she deserved it and that she she says that he should also fire jeff now mm. right because he's been wanting to for a long time and he's like, no, I, I've stopped wanting to fire him a long time ago. Like, it's fine. And then um, Ellen's like, asks him about when Jeff killed the Schneider dog. But Bobby's like, oh, it was an accident when he killed the Schneider dog. And then Ellen's like, he ran over it with a lawnmower. Like, that wasn't an accident kind of thing. 
the Schneider dog is going to come up a lot. God. <laughs> yeah, this is something that is really, honestly, um, maybe difficult to, to, as we're working through the plot, talk about how much yeah. back and forth. But it's something that I really love about this movie is how much this movie is about telling stories. Mm-hmm. It's There are so many flashbacks. There are so many different versions of the same events. A lot of unreliable narration going on. And I just think that it's really, it's really fun. And it's something that's so human. Like, I just really connect to that when we're having multiple versions of the same event. Mm-hmm. And Danny DeVito's trying to figure out which one is the real, which one is true, right? Yeah. And it's quite funny because throughout the flashbacks, of course, there's little variations that stand out or little, or rather little similarities that stand out from the different stories. But very clearly, all of these flashbacks are shaded or biased of the person telling them because they're trying to seem make they're trying to portray themselves as the innocent one right yeah in all of these flashbacks oh it's just it's quite funny and i do love the the whodunit with the various different perspectives because you kind of get attached and you kind of start to theorize because this whole movie i'm like sniffing out i was like who did this i love trying to figure it out before mm-hmm. um and i did not well, I did and I didn't, but you we'll do, get into it. Yeah, you yeah. do and you don't, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so we're back at the crash site and the fisherman who is named, the character is named Clarence. He's telling the cops, like, he's explaining to the cops what happened and he says, it was tragic and frightening, but beautiful in a, in an obtuse way. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, prophetic again. <laughs> yeah. And I just love that, right? And he delivers it so well. And he's very much the kind of rambling weirdo, right? They're kind of, the cops are kind of like, yeah, 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 okay. But he's like saying something so beautiful, you know? So Wyatt had been up on the cliff looking at the road and he saw that there were no skid marks on the road and he hypothesized that she never hit the brakes. And Mm. so he's asking the other police officers, like, we need to look into her medical history, see if she had narcolepsy, narcolepsy or some kind of condition, medical condition that could have caused her to pass out or or what would could a reason be why she didn't hit the brakes right and the police officer that he's talking to who i believe is named feige the character Mm -hmm. he says like she was just a bad driver Mm -hmm. um and it caught up with her right and this is another moment where we see like even some of the police officers are like why do we care she's gone like ding dong the witch is dead yeah let's move on yeah we don't need to look into this like, it's obvious what happened. Right. Right. And Danny DeVito being the chief of police is not, he isn't. He like, has a moral that. compass. Yeah, he does. Not only in the sense of like who he is a person, but he takes his job quite seriously. Mm-hmm. And regardless of the fact that she is dead, he wants to close the case properly. Yeah. And he's the only one that seems to be level headed in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we enter our second flashback. Mm-hmm. It's Jeff's car speeding down the road, sparking on rims, being chased by uh, Feige, the police officer. Mm-hmm. They get pulled over. Mona and Jeff get out of the car and they're wasted. Jeff is like, yeah. and uh, Feige is like, you know, what's wrong with you? And he kind of grabs Jeff. He's like, what's wrong with you? Like stabilizes him. Mm-hmm. And Jeff pukes all over the cop. <laughs> so gross. And then Mona slaps the police officer. He's like, look what you did. You scared him half to death. And Mona like, is oh, also my wasted. baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she just kind of comforts Jeff. And he's like, oh. right. And she like pets his face and just like puts him back into the driver's seat. And she's like, you're going to pay for this, Feige. You just lost a lawn service, pal. <laughs> right? And he just lets them go. 
This woman so, has power. She does. She has the yeah. most uncomfortable kind of power where she asserts herself so much. You're just like, okay, I am done with you. I am getting out of here. She's so volatile. Ugh. She's so volatile. Cringe. So we're back in the present day with Feige and uh, Danny DeVito, yeah. <laughs> Wyatt. And uh, Feige says, it's a real shame because him and Bobby did a fabulous job on my place. <laughs> Again, these guys are not good landscapers. <laughs> no, and I just feel like that's just another one of those elements of oh, it that I just enjoy. The so running much. joke. It's just like the whole thing is a farce, yeah. you know. So now, finally, mm. uh, we are in the diner. The And so like also. So I'm just going to say again, small town. So it's a very much like we're, we're at Bobby's house. We're at the Dearly's house. We're at the diner, the bar, the motel. Like it's all, there's a small town. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Which also means everybody knows everybody's business. Mm -hmm. So Jamie Lee Curtis, Jamie freaking Lee. uh, She's playing the character Rona Mace with an incredible mullet. (sighs) Is this a wig? No, that I believe that's all Jamie Lee. Holy shit. This, it's unlike any mullet I've ever seen, though, because mm-hmm. it's actually, it's bowl cut mm-hmm. on top, and then it's long coming, like, the whole back isn't long. It's coming out yeah. of the bottom. Which I think is kind of in fashion now, I must say. I don't know, walking around our town sometimes, you can <laughs> a lot of, a lot of people are doing what I did the other night. DIY but bangs. not as well. I, like, I have the gift of having a hairdresser for a mother. Yes. <laughs> so, I have a little bit of understanding of like, it's not like it's a trait that gets passed through the family. <laughs> it's not, not genetic? No, it's not genetic, but <laughs> I have some experience with cutting hair. Yeah. Right? Uh, and Jamie Lee does not disappoint. Her character is fantastic. I love Rona. She's just bold. Like, take no shit. And so she's clocking out of work. She is a waitress at the diner. As she clocks out of work, she heads out, jumps in her lime green Yugo mm. that her license plate is O'Rone. O'Rone. Yeah, and she heads to the motel where Phil's car is waiting for her. Phil Dearly, Mona's husband. And hmm. she enters the room. She gets in first. She has a full cigarette that is lit. First of all, she jumps on the bed with her shoes on. Mm-hmm. Second of all, she is chain smoking. She lights with her full cigarette another cigarette. Which is very impressive. Uh, I mean, it's wasteful. Oh, really? She f- smoke it down first and then light it. <laughs> like, <laughs> damn. Like, the mechanics of smoking cigarettes. You yeah, know. I guess I have a little more experience with that too. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Phil comes in and he's looking haggard. Mm. He does not look good. Um. And he tells her that Mona is dead. And Rona already knows because she's a diner. Uh, she works in a diner. Yeah. She knows everything. Right. Um. And so she's like, she's like, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Mm. She goes, did you kill her? Well, did I, did you do it? Did you do it? And he's like, do what? Did you kill her? <laughs> Which is basically the whole movie. Did you do it? No. Did you do it? I love her cadence in the mo- this yeah. movie though. It's so weird. It's she's like very sharp, like, clippy. Yeah. Sharp and clippy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, before we move on mm-hmm. from the scene. I immediately knew that Wheel of Fortune game on the bed was a sex thing. Yes! I was like, that's a sex thing. I was like, why else is that there? That's some kinky ass board game shit right there. Yeah, it's, it's his, it's literally, it's Phil's games, right? Yeah. But that doesn't come back to the next time we're in the hotel. <laughs> but you can just tell immediately that these two have been hooking up 
behind Mona's back for a long time. For a while. Yeah, they have been having an affair for a long time. And Jamie Lee Curtis also says, like, because Phil's like, it's good luck. You know, I didn't do it. It's good luck. And Jamie Lee Curtis is like, good luck doesn't happen to people like us. Like, we're bad people. Yeah. You know, basically. <laughs> good luck happens to Madonna. Yeah, I wrote that down, too. I was like, Madonna, you, you she does have good luck. That is true. <laughs> so now we are at the local bar. It's called The Hideaway. The bar is owned by Bobby's older brother, Murph. I love Murph. I think Murph is kind of hot, too. He is kind of hot. Yeah, I don't know. He do You, you watch Supernatural, He's right? Grubby. No, I have you not. You did that. not? Oh, he, that actor, plays a pretty powerful villain for a period of time. And I really like the longer hair because he has it, like, kind of, like, clipped short in the, and I was like, oof, that, like, rugged bartender small town vibe it's working for him for yeah. sure yeah during the movie so. i think he plays lucifer in okay. supernatural do you know the actor's name no if you want to let us know the name of that actor you can email us at, at newfriendscinema at gmail.com let us know let us know he owns the hideaway he's bobby's older brother murph and murph asked bobby if he killed mona and Murph tells Bobby that, uh, you know, he wouldn't really blame him if he did. Yeah, he gets it. Yeah. Um, and he also says, oh, someone got in an altercation that night before. This girl, Valerie, got hit in the bar by a man mm-hmm. punched the night before. And Bobby wasn't there. And Bobby's like, what? You're going to let, like, a woman get hit in the bar? Like, what's wrong with you? Well, casual violence against women. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, there's this other thing of, like, so... Bobby and Ellen are about to get married and Murph is catering the wedding. They're having chicken breast for the wedding and Murph is trying to charge them $5 extra a plate to take the bone out of the chicken breast. Yes. And it's this whole thing. And Bobby asks him, like, can't you just do like a brotherly deboning? Which I wrote down as being the episode title. Like that has to be the episode so title for today. <laughs> Brother, just a brotherly just a little... de- deboning. Deboning. But Murph is also getting fed up with Bobby because he's like, I've been helping you out with your landscaping business. I'm helping you out with this wedding. Like he's been supporting him a lot, giving him a lot of money and stuff. And he he's like, you know, I'm getting fed up with this. Like, I can't just keep giving you handouts. Like, what's going on? Kind you know, of thing. and as an older sibling myself, I get it. I get that for sure. Yeah. Bobby's got to figure his shit out. So Ellen and Bobby get home from the bar and there's a voicemail from Wyatt, who's Ellen's dad. And he asks Ellen to meet him for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and Bobby's just like really like there are again a couple times where he's like, well, what did he want? What is he? What is he asking? And it's like. Ellen's like, he's my dad. Like, I don't know. Yeah. He wants to spend time with me. Like, so cryptic. You can tell Bobby's, like, anxiety. He's sketchy. He's being sketchy. His, like, suspiciousness or his paranoia is starting to increase throughout the movie. And you're like, Bobby, did you have something to do with did Mona's do dad? That? Did you? Who done it? Bobby done it? Mm. So Wyatt stops by the Dearly's house and he asks Jeff if Mona had any medical conditions Mm -hmm. and Jeff's like, I think she had a personality disorder (laughs) and why it's like, that's not really what he means, but he's asking, he's saying that there are aspects of the accident that just don't make sense. And he asks if uh, he knows anyone that maybe had a grudge against his mom. And Jeff's like, I don't want to point any fingers, but Bobby Calzone did it. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's one big finger, right? Yeah. And why it's like, thinks that's really hard to believe because he's like Bobby doesn't have a violent bone in his bob in his body like yeah. he's just a gentle guy right and he's kind of biased too because he's like the father-in-law yeah for sure 
Um, and Jeff's like, well, why don't you ask Peaches, who's the Schneider dog? How she feels about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we enter another flashback. This is Jeff's flashback. Mm-hmm. So him and Bobby are getting out of their work truck and Jeff's like, nice job with the pe- with Peaches there, Bobby. And Bobby's like, oh, drop dead asshole. Like Bobby's just being so over the top. And Jeff is saying that Bobby was chasing the poor little dog around with a lawnmower. And Bobby's like, it wasn't my fault. Like, and again, being super aggressive, super aggressive tone. And Bobby says one of my favorite lines in this whole movie. What? Like you never killed a dog. (laughs) (laughs) And just the way he says it is just like, it's so crazy. It's like, no. Yeah. You know, it's so dramatic (laughs) and over the top Mm -hmm. that you, you have to laugh at it because it's absurd. Yeah. And Jeff is saying if he doesn't stop losing their accounts, they're going to go out of business. So Mona is like pruning the garden or whatever. And she gently approaches. Yes. The humble housewife. Oh, oh, boys, what's going on? I don't want to see you fighting. Bobby grabs her by the throat and pushes her down on the car. And he's like screaming in her face. And he's like, why did you say Mrs. Dearly? What? What? Like yelling at her like, I can't hear you. He kind of like tosses her to the ground. Right. And then Phil starts to approach and he and Bobby's like, stay, don't take one step closer, right? Yeah. And he threatens to tear out Jeff's ovaries. <laughs> and then he calls Mona dumb wench. Yeah, dumb wench. <laughs> it's just like so very yeah. clearly Jeff's version of what happened. Yeah. And you know that's not what happened. This is the only time <laughs> I really feel like Casey Affleck's actually doing good. Is yeah. Because it's like so ridiculous. And he's like, <laughs> just like Bobby's going, the villain, just like going. screaming and yelling and violently like hitting and threatening and yelling. And Jeff's the innocent being like, well, geez, I didn't do anything wrong. And obviously we also know that Mona is not a nice person. And she's like, goodness gracious, what's going on? What? Oh, I don't, I hate to see you boys fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Not, so not what happened. It's <laughs> suspicious, this retelling. Yes. So Jeff and Wyatt are on the porch, right? And Wyatt, Chief Wyatt, um, asks why he's like why didn't you report that yeah and jeff said because everyone threatened his mom's life Mm -hmm. like everyone was always threatening her life so so lucinda the mechanic she does a walk through under the car um of what you know what she found and basically she says that the car was done to death Mm -hmm. so she's like all of the brake lines were cut the brake fluid tank was punctured and the fetzer valve which serves no purpose was also punctured yeah so basically there's no way that somebody didn't mean to try to kill it was not a oops Mm -hmm. it was a very intentional snip 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 puncture puncture this woman is gonna die Mm -hmm. so now bobby's a approaching the dearly's house to give them condolences and he's got like cue cards very clearly again naive sweet kind of dumb bobby practicing his speech i'm sorry for your loss kind of thing the dearly's are not buying his shit (laughs) at all calling him a kiss ass again yeah and jeff's like what are you doing here i'm not coming to work (laughs) like and he's like yeah no you shouldn't uh, your mom just died, right? Yeah. You're on a grievance leave. And they let him know that there's going to be a wake at the funeral home. Mm-hmm. If they want to condole her or whatever, come come there. Come to Cubbies. And then <laughs> they start calling him a kiss ass again, right? And uh, Phil's like, they're like, they say together like it's something they say a lot. They're like, I'll mow your lawn, I'll trim your hedges, and I'll kiss, kiss your, your ass. ass. Don't kiss the dog's ass <laughs> on the way out. And this is Prob's favorite line of the movie, and he says this a lot. Uh, a little hesitation before the kiss. <laughs> A little hesitation before the kiss and the puckering up. 
so good. It is funny because it's, it's just dumb. like. Ugh. So now Ellen and Wyatt are at the diner and Ellen is putting ketchup on a pickle. Yep. Made a note of that. What do you think about that? Um, Part of me was like, what the hell? But also don't knock it till you try it. I'm going to catch up a pickle the next time I see it just to see what that's all about. There's also something we find out later that might make that make sense. I didn't put two and two together. Neither did I. Prob did. Prob. I know. Observant. He, sometimes. Most of the time, no. But sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Clever. Mm-hmm. Well, while you're looking, yeah, I, th- yeah, I, I just, it. every scene with Danny DeVito and Nev Campbell, you yeah. just see how sweet and loving their relationship is and how kind. It's just such an interesting foil to all of the garbage you see everywhere else in this movie because everyone is so mean to each other. And then you have these two you know a sweet loving relationship where he's a doting father they're like, so he, kind and yeah. loving they love each other yeah it's a fresh pickle diced with ketchup like, well nice. ellen's kind of been dragged in with the dearly shit via bobby but yeah. ellen and wyatt are good people yeah you i can would tell. Say, yeah for sure um so rona jamie lee curtis mm-hmm. is serving them She's so serving. she's she's serving. <laughs> so she's eavesdropping over what they're talking yeah. about. Um, so Rona hears Wyatt say that there's going to be an investigation into Mona's death. And she calls Phil after work to tell him what she heard. And Phil is in the process of dumping Mona's stuff Yeah. while he's on the phone. Let's keep in mind, Mona died Thursday morning. Yeah. It's Saturday. Yeah. She died Thursday morning. That Bobby and Ellen went to the bar Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Ellen got the phone call from her dad, Wyatt, Thursday night asking her, he said, tomorrow's no good. Can we meet for lunch or breakfast on Saturday? Yeah. It's been two days. Yeah. Three, two and a half. Yeah. Since she died. He's dumping her shit. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I just love this movie so much. I'm just you're reliving it as Talia. You're like, yeah, oh. <laughs> so, so crazy. Um, so he's dumping her stuff while while he's on the phone, and Rona is stressing out about false imprisonment, and she's like, "I know these guys. Like, they've got they're smart cops. Yeah, they've got they've got ways. Like, they've got science and yeah. stuff like that." And she's really worried. He's like, "Why are you worried? We, you know, we didn't do it. It's fine." And she's like, "It looks really shady," and false imprisonment is it like she's very worried about getting falsely imprisoned so wyatt shows up at the dearly's house while phil is on the phone with rona dumping mona's stuff Danny devito has like this very sweet kind line where he's like mona was a passionate and committed woman and i was like that is the nicest thing that you could say about an asshole as po- like it's the nicest possible way you could say i was like it's really sugarcoating how awful this woman was yeah so wyatt wants to ask questions about mona so we flash back into phil's flashback of a stormy night this is the wednesday before mm-hmm. she passed away mona calls phil into the kitchen and accuses him of cheating she says you've been playing wheel of fortune with someone else (laughs) and i was like i knew it yeah so she hits him over the face with a cast iron frying pan he kind of falls out and then through like the kitchen door outside um and we also find out after he tells this story this flashback that jeff and mona also had a fight that night Mm mm-hmm I think earlier in the night, or we never actually see a flashback of this fight, but he says Jeff was super drunk and they had a fight that night as well. So Wyatt drives up to Bobby's 
uh, as he's Bobby's like loading bags of soil into his truck and Bobby is acting guilty as fuck. Right. And Wyatt tells Bobby that Ellen told him that he's like worried about finances and that they're basically family and he can just talk to him. So Bobby thinks that he's approaching him to like talk about the murder and he's not, he's just saying like being a father-in-law at first, get that boneless chicken. (laughs) Yeah. And then he asks Bobby what he thought about Mona after that. After Bobby calms down, then he's like, what did you think? And Bobby says that she was the worst person that he ever knew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, in all fairness, is the truth. <laughs> so we enter Bobby's flashback where Mona is hitting golf balls off of a doormat that says, go away. And Bobby's taking Ellen out for dinner to dinner theater. And so they're kind of they're dressed up nicely. Um, but Bobby's still wearing sneakers. Yeah, he's got like a khaki, yeah. khaki set of pants, <laughs> some high top Jordans and a button down. Yeah. Um, So they stopped by the dearlies to give Jeff his paycheck and Jeff gets mad about how much money he gets. And it's the same amount that he always gets. So Mona smashes the headlight of Bobby's car with uh, her golf club. And Jeff says he's playing the world's smallest tambourine. (laughs) And Mona's like, it's a violin, you idiot. Right. Gosh. And there's this part of the scene where, like, Nev Campbell, like, jumps out of the car and just tackles Bette Midler, too. Yeah. Like, that is a bold, brave thing to do. Yeah. Just go after a wildly swinging woman with a a golf club. So they're, like, physically scrapping, right? Like, uh, Bette Midler's attacking the vehicle. Ellen is on her back trying to pull her off. Like, it's just getting really chaotic. Bobby says that they need to talk about dissolving the business. Like, he's like, this is, I'm done with this. And then they they get back in the car, they're driving away, and the dearlies are, like, kicking at his car as he drives away. And then we're back in present day with Bobby and Wyatt, and he goes, yeah, she probably had her good points, too, though. And then Wyatt's like, most people have two sides, and Bobby says, she just showed me the one. Right. Very accurate way of describing that woman it's night and the three cops are at the diner talking about jeff and making hand jokes so Mm -hmm. i haven't mentioned this whole time jeff has one hand i did not notice until this point yeah so he it's he lost it in an accident yeah and they're all like theorizing well no it's they're not theorizing they're these are stories that they have heard Heard. of how jeff lost his hand and this Mm -hmm. is another this is like again like what i love about this movie right so they're sitting around the table in the diner and the one is like you know well this is what i heard and so it cuts to jeff loading a wood chipper he drops a beer in and then reaches in to get it and (laughs) then it's like and it tracks for his character if i'm being honest (laughs) so then then it's back and one of the other police officers goes uh that's not what i heard and then it flashes to jeff with a chainsaw and he puts this chainsaw that's on down and then he reaches across it to grab his beer and then that's the you know and then the third police officer says what about the fishing accident (laughs) and so that's my favorite one so it's a flash to jeff fishing off of the end of a dock and he reaches for his beer and drops it in the water and then he reaches down to grab it out of the water and something bites his head something (laughs) but the sound that that something makes i was like what the hell is in that water because it did not sound like a growl it was more like a it's like good lord well i don't think that one is likely no phil is pacing around his bedroom getting ready for the wake and he's practicing saying it's a terrible loss Mm -hmm. again over and over so at cubby's funeral home (laughs) are you okay i cackled because i forgot yeah i don't even have him written down as one of the 
biggest really? A-list actors oh. that's in here. Because at the time he wasn't. He was just no. doing SNL. I was just, I was so curious, like, at what point was this part of his career? So we get to the funeral home. Cubby, the funeral director, is played by Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell is just randomly in this movie as, like, a really creepy, <laughs> weird, strange funeral director heavily involved in the bdsm community <laughs> very much so like you see flashes of him doing some really interesting things in the back of this funeral home and he has this horrible Ugh. comb over he's balding on top and the hair the oh, wisps no. he's bald and there's like three hairs that yeah, he's yeah. like combed over <laughs> oh he and looks, he always looks like kind of like he's sweaty i yeah I was literally, he's so sweaty all the time yeah. He, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> so at Cubby's funeral home, Phil is filing his nails. Phil is always filing his nails. Like a nervous tick. Yeah. Um, and Jeff sniffs at the body. And there's nobody else there. So they're starting to fall asleep and they decide they're going to go. Cubby, um, Will Ferrell, comes out of the back room. And behind him in the back room, you can see a woman in lingerie sitting on a bed lighting a cigarette. Um, and he quickly closes the door. They tell Cubby that they're leaving. Um, and they head to the diner and pretty much everyone in town is at the diner. And Phil and Phil and Jeff are approach the kind of the bar of the diner and they're chatting and Phil smacks Rona's butt in <gasps> front of Jeff. And Jeff has this like look on his face like, what, <gasps> what is that? Yeah, so Bobby and Ellen show up at the funeral home, and Cubby scares them. <laughs> he approaches from the side. He's got lipstick smears like he's been making out, right? Still very sweaty. All over his face. So sweaty. <laughs> and they're like, Ellen, like, tries to say something about it, and then she kind of just let that like, go. Let's yeah. it go. She's like, whatever. She goes over and sniffs the body <laughs> and sprays perfume on the casket. Yeah, because it's mm, not the best funeral service, I would imagine, at that place. <laughs> yeah. I would imagine there's very little embalming going on at all. It's no. just just a dead body. Wyatt comes to the funeral home. Ellen and Bobby are gone. Uh, Cubby's now taking pictures of the woman from before. <laughs> yeah. In, like, half lingerie. Yeah. Very boudoir. She's, like, pushing up her hair yeah. and, like, posing sexily. Wyatt, like, asks him who came, and he's like, do you notice anything weird about this? And that's what mm. Cubby's observation is like. Nobody seems to care. Yeah. You know? Wyatt goes, he's outside the diner. Like, everyone in town is there, and he's observing them all, laughing, and, like, just kind of acting like nothing, you know? You can audibly hear them shit-talking Mona. Yeah. Like, it's it's a very strange sight for a night of a funeral to witness nobody at the funeral home and everyone at the diner talking shit about the deceased, and why it's just, like, suspicious. Yeah. Everyone's a suspect still. And again... Like, even the other three police officers are in there. Yeah, shit talking about He's the only one that even cares that this is suspicious, that her death is suspicious, right? Like, he doesn't care about Mona. He cares about the truth. Yeah. So he goes to the Dearly's house while everyone is at the diner. And he tries to pick the lock, but then he finds the (laughs) spare key under the mat. Classic. (laughs) It's so funny. It shows the, like, the pick going in, and then it's, like, struggling. And then he, like, lifts up the gets in. So he's in there. This is illegal, right? Yeah. Small town cop. He's doing what he has to do, right? To get to the bottom of it. So he's got his flashlight out. He's scanning it around. Scans it across the Wheel of Fortune. Right? And then he lands on a huge painting of Mona. Mm-hmm. And we slip into Wyatt's own flashback mm-hmm. of Mona, which to a degree I believe is the truth. 
like all of these other flashbacks we get are heavily biased, but because Wyatt is that level-headed character, we're getting the sense that this is a reliable narrator moment of like what actually, A, what Mona is actually like to a degree, and B, what actually happened in that flashback is the truth. So it's like a county fair yeah. situation. She is in a knife-throwing competition. The judges are Clarence, Wyatt, and Phil, mm-hmm. her husband. So Bobby wins the contest and Mona freaks out about losing. And it's not just about losing though. She's also about Phil not supporting her. Mm -hmm. She's always been a loser. I've never won anything. She just wanted to win. And Bobby tries to give her the trophy. She tells him to shove it up his ass. But like also that whole scene was very, a very different look for Mona. Um, she somewhat looks a little bit more put together than all of the other flashbacks. You get to see this really genuinely earnest hurt that, it, in my opinion, it very clearly looked like she won the contest and Bobby just got it for, we didn't see how Bobby did, so we can't make the full assumption there. But I think, I feel like the judging was fair, mm-hmm. but that it, it was like she also, who she is, she has no, she doesn't have con- a lot of control on her emotions. So no. I feel like, it is showing like what you said, that real hurt and stuff like that. But it is still that who she is, is a very spiteful person. Yeah. Uh, I'm, it's all about me too, but you kind of feel for her in this moment being like, Oh yeah, she has a hard life. That's yeah. what I took from it. And definitely the, the piece of like how she was after Phil, like, why aren't you supporting me? You're my husband. Like, why didn't you? And Phil's just like, Bobby did, had great form. Like, I don't, I, he didn't think that deeply, but I feel like it's more, about their whole relationship, right? Back to Wyatt looking around the house, he notices that Jeff's keys are there. Dun, dun, dun. And if we recall, she she was in Jeff's car. Mm-hmm. Like, so his key rang, they each have, they have mom, dad, and Jeff. Yeah, little keychains. Keychains. So the next day he tells, I believe Feige is his, like, deputy, right? Yeah. The, the higher one. Yeah. He tells the the, like, second in command police officer, like, um, that Jeff's keys are in the kitchen and they should be in the car. And so he's coming to the conclusion that somebody switched their keys. And it was Jeff who was the target. That's what I gathered at this moment. I had like, <gasps> it was Jeff who was supposed to go off the cliff the whole time. Yeah. Well, and even though, like, we've had this information from minute one of the movie. Yeah. And until this moment, I never really, like, clued in. Yeah. And it's clever, too. They have the the personalized license plates like it's very clearly jeff's car because i'm pretty sure jeff's it was just jeff and mona's is ago mona yeah. yeah and you didn't put them together you didn't put these pieces together obviously because it's the first two seconds of the movie but now you're thinking oh yeah this is very obvious jeff was the target yeah mona wasn't supposed to die no bobby and jeff are now in the cemetery it's the next day it's i suppose sunday morning um Jeff puts four glazed donuts on the gravestone and then takes one and eats it. And he's like, one less ain't going to kill her. The gravestone says demoted wife, mother, and dressmaker. (laughs) And then neither of them knew that she was a dressmaker. That's what they take from that. Yeah. Like Bobby reads it. I didn't know your mom was a dressmaker. (laughs) He's like, me neither. (laughs) So Phil goes to see Rona at the diner. And he's, like, grabbing at her tits and, like, being just really, like, vulgar and, like, out in the open about, Mm -hmm. you know. And Rona's, like... There's an investigation, Phil. Like, you need to be less conspicuous. You need to chill. Like, stop. And also, poor taste. Yeah. Your wife just died. Like, Rona's, like, she's self-admittedly, she's a bad person. But she has more, like, she's aware. She's self-aware. Yeah. She's got a brain. Mm -hmm. 
whether she believes him or not, she's not trying to be pulled any further into this. Mm -hmm. She's already looking bad, right? Yeah. Phil sits next to Bobby at the bar at the hideaway and suggests that he thinks that Bobby killed Mona. And he's like, you did me a great favor. I'll have a beer. Like, so Bobby's really shook and he drives into the woods, (laughs) like just into the woods where he lies down in the hollow of a tree. Like, this is the most dramatic moment. And this is actually where I clocked the wig. I was like, "Mm, that's a wig. Um, he has this like, oh, woe is me moment and passes out in the most fake forest I've ever seen. It's a stress nap. I can only assume. Have you, has that ever happened to you where you like, you were just so stressed you just slept? Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. I don't nap. Ever. Ever? Ever. Have you ever had one? No. I've had a nap, of course, but it's... When you're sick? I could probably count how many naps I've had in my adult life on one hand. Oh. Isn't that wild? That's incredible. I I have a love-hate relationship with naps. Give me 20 to 30 minutes of just like a nice half-asleep refreshing nap. Mm -hmm. It's perfect. But I am more likely to have a two-hour pass out and wake up feeling worse than I did when I fell asleep. That's why I avoid them. They're terrible. (laughs) Because 20 minutes doesn't feel like enough, but that's what you should have. Yeah. And then you usually lean in too hard and you wake up feeling like you don't know what year it is. (laughs) Yeah. You're like like Robin Williams coming out of Jumanji closet. What year is it? Just with the crazy Crazy hair, hair. with a massive beard, like (laughs) teeth falling out. What year is it? (laughs) So true. That is, that couldn't be more accurate. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But like, okay, back to the scene. So Bobby's having this moment where he has a stress nap Mm -hmm. and he passes out. And they wake up and it's like the most beautiful lighting I have ever seen. It's golden they wake hour. up and it's heaven. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think what I meant by muted earlier. It's not muted. It's soft. Like the lighting mm-hmm. in this movie is very soft. I can't help but your fondle the hand off the microphone. <laughs> so Dakota does the editing for our beautiful podcast. And she, she texted me. She's like, you're not allowed to hold the microphone anymore because all I want to do is just like, yeah fondle it which you can fucks hold with the sound you can hold the mic when we're doing our live performance fair okay when we're on a stage i bought a fidget yeah. toy but it's too loud it's noisy i was actually gonna go and look for a stress ball <laughs> stress ball for you i'm like i wonder if i can fill a balloon full of pudding oh my god that's a solid toy okay next time then we can eat the pudding later nice no warm. not the balloon pudding oh <laughs> leftover pudding <laughs> just yeah no please no i oh, i don't like pudding Really? I even I have a hard time with yogurt if there's not granola in it. I need the texture. I, I love a good yeah. pudding. Oof. No. Mm. Tapioca too. Too much pistachio pudding makes me feel sick. Do does that do anything for you? Does that There was like a very early YouTube video. No. This YouTube creator. Nope. That would like do videos that were all in reverse. Oh, my friend Kelsey Weird. and I were obsessed. Too much pistachio pudding makes me feel sick. Oh. Little shout out to early youtube there the first creator <laughs> on youtube i swear when he's but also yes he wakes up and it's beautiful it's golden hour and uh Nef- Nef- is she there. wakes him up right but while he's in his nap he is having a dream like he's thinking about the schneider dog Ugh. and in his nap we see jeff chase down peaches with the lawnmower and that bobby is so upset yes like he naturally <laughs> And it's that like we've this has been kind of a, a another piece of the story coming through, um, but we really see and this I also do believe is reliable because it's it's not him telling the story it's him reliving, reliving it. it in his mind right, yeah. and he's he's like 
yeah, really, really shook by this. So Jeff is a menace. Yeah. And he, and like he had said too, right. When, before, when him and Ellen were talking that that was a moment that really like changed things for Bobby. Yeah. You know, before he could kind of deal with it. And when this happened, it really showed him something else that he, he isn't trying to be, you know, a part of. Mm -mm. So somehow Ellen finds him. Mm hmm. Like where small town? I guess <laughs> she's just driving. She's like, oh, there's this, there's, oh, this there's Bobby just sleeping in the cemetery. She wakes him up, um, and he wakes up and he immediately he he says it was a mistake mm. and that she wasn't supposed to die. Dun dun dun. And he confesses to Ellen that he thought the car was Jeff's and that he was he didn't know what was going. He was just puncturing things. Yes, yeah. which then tracks with all of the, the over the top. <laughs> Yeah, and she slaps him. She's so upset, and she tells him that she's pregnant. <gasps> Flashback to that pickle ketchup scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, which I never put together. And Prob was like, well, she's pregnant. And I was like, she gets up to leave. She's really upset. She's like, you know, you're supposed to have a conscience. Yeah. People like us don't kill people. Yeah, and fair. All right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, she's naturally upset because potentially her dad will have to arrest her fiance who she's pregnant with. Yeah, exactly. So she's very upset. The camera pans out after Ellen runs away. First of all, Bobby just kind of like lays back down. <laughs> but the camera pans out and Clarence is eating an apple behind the next tree. <gasps> he heard everything. He heard everything. Yeah. So Phil called Wyatt to the Dearly's house to tell him that he saw Mona be murdered. That's what he says. Um, so we are back in the flashback of the him getting hit by the cast iron pan. Mm-hmm. Stumbling outside into the rain. So this is, yeah, Wednesday night again. It's a storm. Mona calls him into the kitchen, accuses him of cheating. She hits him over wow. the face with a fi- frying pan. He stumbles out the back door. Now we're seeing the rest of this flashback. He stumbles out the back door and he sees Bobby scuttling around <laughs> under the cars. Jeff's car. Under Jeff's car with a sharp object. Mm-hmm. Wyatt asks Phil what he can tell him about Rona. And Phil says that she's a good friend and she's been supportive since the tragedy. Wyatt asks if she was supportive before the tragedy. And Phil denies cheating. When Phil approached Bobby at the bar, this is basically what he was saying, right? Bobby didn't know that he had been seen. So Phil was saying, I'm going to tell. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to jail. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. 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 I get super sassy with the microphone. <laughs> so Rona pulls up at the motel. Uh Phil comes in after her. He goes into the motel room with Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> As he closes the door, Jeff walks by with a weed whacker. So he's doing maintenance. You there. only you, you very much see what's about to happen here. So Rona is really tired of Phil's games, literally. <laughs> She's sick of Wheel of Fortune. Jeff hears Rona and Phil from outside the room. Mm-hmm. And Rona's saying stuff like, you wanted to buy a vowel, so I let you buy a vowel. Yeah. You wanted to buy an O, I let you buy an O. You wanted, you wanted the, the free spin. You wanted the trip to Acapulco. Like, uh, she's exhausted. Yeah. So, yeah, Jeff hears Rona and Phil from outside the hotel room. He bursts into the room and confronts Phil. Remember, Phil is Jeff's father, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, you've been cheating on mom. And Phil's like, mom's dead, son. Yep. 
So Jeff turns to Rona and he says, oh, baby, how could you do this to me? Did not see any of this coming. Neither did Phil. (laughs) (laughs) So now we find out that Jeff and Rona have also been having an affair. Rona. Two timing the father son duo. (laughs) That's a choice. That's a choice. So Cubby shouts from across the lot to keep it down. And we see Cubby in a dog collar on a leash and Melissa McCarthy. Is that Melissa McCarthy? That's what I wrote. I was like, what the hell? This was also, I think, so this is interesting because she was in Gilmore Girls too. Mm -hmm. This was the year 2000. What had Gilmore Girls started at that time? Probably roughly around the same time. Around the same time, right? I just thought that was interesting because she was in Gilmore Girls for a long time, really before her her personal like her career picked up she looks younger in this movie though i must admit she looks really young yeah Yeah. um so anyway she's uh what does she have she's got black rubber gloves on those aren't they don't look leather no um and a whip (laughs) and her she also works at the diner you can see you can tell by like her similar uh uniform yeah and she's wearing like the dress but it's unbuttoned yes right and they're standing outside the motel and they're just (laughs) screaming at them keep it down keep it down people are trying to have wild sex over here (laughs) that's so funny this whole motel sounds like a riot god i do not want to wheel of fortune so at home uh ellen and bobby tell wyatt that ellen is pregnant and ellen goes to open a bottle of champagne and Wyatt asks Bobby about the Schneider dog. Like, and he asks him, why don't you cut the Schneider's lawn anymore? Mm. And Bobby says they don't cut it since Jeff killed Peaches. And Wyatt says that he thought Bobby killed Peaches. And Bobby is very genuinely shocked. And he's like, I loved Peaches. Like, I would have never hurt Peaches. So now we're in Bobby's flashback. So Bobby and Jeff are getting out of the work truck. Bobby's really upset that Jeff killed Peaches. And it's basically the exact same dialogue from Jeff's memory earlier when he was telling Wyatt about how Bobby killed Peaches, except it's reversed. Right? Yep. People, the lines that were being spoken by Bobby in Jeff's flashback, in Bobby's flashback, those lines are coming out of Mona, Jeff. Honestly, uh, Oh, what? Like you never killed a dog? Sounds a, makes a lot more sense coming out of Jeff's mouth yeah. than Bobby's mouth. <laughs> yeah. So Mona mm-hmm. aggressively approaches and starts choking Bobby against the car. Not the other way and around. And then Jeff tells him not to touch his mom and throws him to the ground. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you crazy? Don't touch my mom. Yes. As it's his mom is like attacking, strangling him. Bobby. But Wyatt needs to know where Bobby was on Wednesday night, and Bobby says that he was at the bar, which he was not. Wyatt drives past the girl who got punched at the bar. Her name's Valerie. Um, also, I do one of my favorite things that we didn't really talk about, but was like in the flashback of her getting punched. Mm. What are you going to friggin' do? You going to friggin' hit me? And then clocked her. Yeah. But I liked how Huge she shiner. said that. Yeah. Yeah. By these three guys. Yeah. Awful. Um, so she's changing a tire. Uh, she tells him that she got hit on Wednesday at the bar because he's like, she has a huge black eye. Wyatt says that Ellen never mentioned it. And she says that she doesn't think that Ellen knows because her and Bobby weren't there. <gasps> and she tells him that she just got a flat tire from driving over this sharp tool that had JB etched into it. And they are right outside the Dearly's house. Suspicious. Yeah. The puncture tool. The puncture tool. 
So Wyatt is ruminating. He's just driving around. He's like thinking about all the information. Yeah. All the players. Ooh. All of the moving pieces. The different reports. The different alibis. The alibis that have actually fallen through Bobby hmm. wasn't at the bar the whole time. Before we continue, mm-hmm. I have a really funny note that I think is hilarious. The only person in this entire movie that actually fits into these goddamn cars is Danny DeVito. Like he fits like a glove in these sweet little cars where everyone has to like lumber in or like fall in and like kind of like climb out. Danny yeah. DeVito's just like pop, pop, pops in, pops out. Yeah. Easy, easy. Ugh, these cars were made for him. When, <laughs> I don't know. Do you remember when smart cars first came out? Yes. So at the time my stepdad was volunteer fireman mm. um, in our town. And I remember someone at the fire department got one and he was six. My stepdad was six, five. Yeah. So he like tried it. I just remember <laughs> seeing him getting into a smart car. It was yeah. one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So like compact, like <laughs> Yeah. nose up nose yeah. on the steering wheel i mean him in a regular sedan is weird <laughs> and he always has sedans it's like why do you buy little cars yeah. that are so low to the ground you were maybe he likes the feeling of being maybe low to the ground for the once snug. i don't know <laughs> like no i can't so do dumb. it i need headspace um so rona and jeff are now in the motel room uh rona says that she's sorry for hurting his feelings and figured she's like i f- i just figured like if me and your dad got married you know and then jeff's like what we could all move in together you could bang the both of us and, and she's she like pauses and like well yeah well yeah kind of yeah that's what i thought <laughs> jamie lee <laughs> she's just like mm, i'm yeah. a practical woman um so jeff asks her to marry him he's like marry me instead don't marry phil like he's a loser marry mm. me uh so they start hooking up and Rona looks out the window and she can see Phil outside the window watching them. <laughs> Mopily sobbing with like the alcohol in the brown paper bag. He's leaning up against the tree. Just he's watching like, his son <laughs> have wild sex with his girlfriend. Yeah. Just wild. Ugh. So Bobby can't sleep. And he takes Ellen's car to the hideaway. Mm. And Ellen, like, she's like, okay, don't kill anybody. (laughs) In her sleep. In her sleep. So Bobby goes and he tries to confess to Murph, but he cannot wake Murph up. And so he just asks him to cover for him. He just says, cover for me. Murph's like, okay. Yeah. This is next day now. Wyatt drives up to the hideaway where Murph and a woman are outside washing a car. Wyatt asks Murph about Valerie's eye and asks if Bobby was there that night. Murph tells him that Bobby was there, but Mm -hmm. he was in the bathroom. It's a solid brother. Solid brother. Sketchy enough alibi that it's like, yeah, he was here. Oh, yeah, he missed that because he was in the washroom. Yeah. So. Yeah, because Wyatt's like, if Bobby was there, why didn't he do anything? Yeah. Right? Like, he would have stopped that. I mean, would Bobby have stopped it? No, he wouldn't. He's a bit of a... He's a bit of a pushover. He might have, like, told Murph to stop it. Hey, guys, stop fighting. <laughs> Violence against women is not okay. <laughs> yeah. So Bobby drives by and he sees the three of them talking. Mm. Panic. Outside the motel, the cops are looking at Phil's body in a small pond. Another body. Guess what? He's dead. Mm-mm-mm. ruh and they're talking about otherwise they'd other ways they'd rather die than drowning. <laughs> Great. Um, so as the cops are pulling Phil out of the pond, Wyatt looks across and sees Clarence fishing. Oh, Clarence. He goes over to him and sees that he's soaking wet. And he asks him to tell him what happened. So now 
Ellen pulls up at the gas station and mm-hmm. she's gassing up. Murph is smoking at the gas pump. <laughs> I like this part a lot too because Murph is just being so cryptic. Yeah. And it makes no sense. Like basically saying that Phil is dead in all of the cryptic metaphorical ways that you could say that someone's dead. Well, and she finally puts it together and she doesn't say anything. No. Fills her car up, like stops filling it up, gets yeah. in the car and just speeds away. Yeah. Also looks suspicious. Wyatt is at Ellen's house knocking at the door. She's driving to the police station crying. She gets there and she's losing it. And Lucinda is also there, the mechanic, and she starts comforting her. She's sitting with her. Yep. Yeah. And she's stroking her hair. Yeah. Kisses on the cheeks. Oh, little sneaky kiss on the lips, which just like goes nowhere. That like whole scene of just like, oh, and then doesn't Danny DeVito see them smooch or feege? You're jumping ahead, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So, sorry. I'm so excited about the hesitation before the kiss. Oh, kiss it, kiss. Um, so Bobby and Jeff are at a job. Murph pulls up, rips up, and he's like, you got problems, dude. Get in the car. And then me also, again, Bobby's working. Jeff's like sitting on a porch, like trying to balance it, right? like not doing anything. And Jeff's like, oh, hey, Murph, how's it going? And Murph's like, shitload better than your dad. And then drives away. <laughs> I'm loving Murph more and more, honestly. Yeah. Takes no shit. So Wyatt goes to the diner now and he asks Rona if he's seen Ellen. And then he tells her, don't go anywhere because I got to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Right. Rona is sitting with Melissa McCarthy and she goes to leave and Melissa tells her that Phil's dead. She's like, oh, I thought I told you. I guess that was someone else. She's like, I told someone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So now... Lucinda and Ellen are on the couch mm-hmm. in the police station and they kiss. Little kissy kiss. Uh, Wyatt sees them. He mm-hmm. walks in on them. Uh, and then it cuts to Ellen fixing her makeup in the car. Yep. She's talking about how stressful weddings are. And she asks him not to tell Bobby about Lucinda. And he says, of course not. And that he also experimented when he was her oh, I love a sex positive exploration <laughs> king. That's great. <laughs> so Jeff approaches Rona as she's packing up her car to leave. And there is a flashback to the night before. <sighs> Because there, she's he's like, what about last night? Because Rona now knows that Phil is dead. She thinks that Jeff did it. Yep, and she is out of there. Yeah, she's, she's done. She's packing up. So we flash back to last night as her and Jeff are having sex. Rona looks out the window, sees Phil, and she screams. Jeff gets up, goes outside to confront his dad, and we see that Jeff was there when Phil fell into the pond, mm-hmm. and Phil was asking him for help, and he didn't help him out of the water. Yeah. And, like, Phil is wasted, can barely tread water. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very obviously, like, a shallow pond. Like, yeah. he can stand-ish. Yeah, like, but- it's not over his head. No, and he's, he's so drunk that he, he can't, can't even, like, get, get out. out. Mm-hmm. So, Jeff speeds off past the cop. From that, like, they have this interaction. He speeds away. The police officer radios Wyatt and tells him that Rona is about to leave town. And he tells them to get the other cops over there and that he's on his way. So they're going to stop Rona. And and the way the scene, like, unfolds is absolutely hilarious because there's this, like, giant surge of these little cars all zooming in screeching (laughs) dust flying everywhere they're all different colors even the police car is a yugo yeah it's just absolutely absurd because then you're like oh yeah everybody drives one of these dinky little cars yeah it's so funny bobby and murph pull up to where rona is wyatt and ellen uh the other police officers lucinda right shows up like everyone shows up um bobby puts his hands up right away 
And he's like, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. Wyatt tells him to shut up and put his hands down. Don't fucking say anything. Stand in the corner. Be quiet. So Lucinda, yeah, now Lucinda shows up and she tells everyone that Jeff Dearly is at the cemetery with a gun to his head, if anybody cares. Yeah. Wyatt tells everyone to stay there and heads to the cemetery. The second he leaves, everybody follows. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a mad scramble. Her, everyone's jumping in like uh Ellen jumps in with Lucinda, like this person jumps in. Everybody's peeling out with their teeny little cars. Yeah, uh Murph can't get his to start, like it's, and so they're like pushing him and Bobby are pushing his car to start. Yeah. Everyone's very frantic. Um so Wyatt and Feige get to the cemetery to confront Jeff and we find out that Phil wasn't his real father. <gasps> Honestly, Thank God, because I just don't like the idea of them. I mean, it's still your close, your stepdad. He called him son, but it's just sharing a vagina that way is just a, is a, not in the family like that. Yeah. Uh, Jeff says that he wants to kill himself because he loves Rona. And he <laughs> says that he knows that everyone thinks he killed his parents and, uh, everyone knows that he's been wanting to get back at her, Mona. For- since that night. Dun, dun, dun. So in a flashback, we see Mona violently chopping a sausage. Violently. And Jeff says that there's no more beer and he reaches to take hers. She tells him not to touch it and she chops his hand off. So that finally the true story of how he lost his hand. Mm-hmm. She had to chop hard. hard. To cut the wrist like that? Damn. There's no way. Anyway. Also, someone is yelling, do it, Jeff. Do it. <laughs> the, the whole crowd, some people are like, no, Bobby's like, do it, do it. And then someone <laughs> looks at him and he's like, don't do it. I mean, don't do don't it. Do it. Don't so do it's it. a very much like half of the crowd is saying, no, don't. You have so much to live for. And the other half is like, go for it. As he's about to pull the trigger, Wyatt jumps and tackles him. They flip. They fall over. Dramatic. Um, they're scrambling. The gun goes off. And the Tweedledee and Tweedledum, yeah. they run away. The police officers. Just book it. They book it away. Wyatt pops up. He has the gun. The other guy, they're like, oh, we're just securing the circumference. <laughs> Make um. So Wyatt pulls Bobby aside and tells him that he spoke to Clarence earlier. Now we're about to have flashbacks and flashbacks. Flashback and a flashback? So it's flashbacks to that morning when Wyatt confronted Clarence when he was soaking wet yeah. by the pond. Clarence says that he's hurt because he wasn't invited to the wedding, uh, but he <laughs> was invited. Yeah. Him and his wife. And he's like, I'm married? What? <laughs> So um, Wyatt asks what's going on, and he confesses to killing Phil. So now we have a flashback in the flashback of the night before to Phil struggling in the pond. Clarence waded in, and he's like, Clarence, buddy, help me out. Waded in. He held him under. Yeah. So back to the first flashback where Wyatt asks Clarence why he did it. So we flash back now to the stormy night. Mm. And uh, Clarence is saying, I was seeing it all go down. It was all laid out in front of me. So Clarence was actually also there walking by under an umbrella. He saw Phil see Bobby running away from the cars. So Clarence then saw Phil pick up garden shears and cut the brake lines. Then he sees him go into the house and switch the keys. Yep. Back in the first flashback, Clarence says Phil knew that Bobby tried to kill Mona and that if Bobby went to jail, what kind of life would it be for Ellen and the baby? And then Wyatt's like, how do you know about the baby? The fisherman is just constantly in the background. He knows everything that's going on in this town. So back to Wyatt and Bobby at the cemetery. Uh, and Wyatt tells Bobby, you punctured the Fetzer valve because he didn't know what he was doing. He even, he was just puncturing shit. Yeah. So you punctured the Fetzer valve. Phil cut the brake lines, then switched the keys. So 
he tells them that he can't say anything. No. Like, right? A bit. Then he threatens him pretty, pretty, like, effectively. Yeah. And to be fair, like, that was like a father stepping in and saying, if you hurt yeah. my daughter mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form, I will hunt you down. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I just want us to be happy. <laughs> you, me, Ellie, and the baby. the baby. Bobby and Ellen are getting married. Mm-hmm. Lucinda tries to object, but Wyatt stops her. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. She's like, ah, no. <laughs> um, Rona and Jeff are together. Mm-hmm. Cubby is standing with Clarence, <laughs> who is in handcuffs, but he got to go to the wedding. Yep. And Clarence gets taken to jail, and everyone is hugging and kissing. Love wins at the end. That's my yeah. note that I sent you. Yeah. I was like, love, love wins. wins at the end. The end. Because someone doesn't know anything about cars. That's how he was away- able to get away with it. Jesus, thank God. Yeah. So, yeah, that's oh. the end. That's the movie. That was a ride. That was a wild ride from the very beginning. It's another one where it's like it's a shorter movie, but God damn it. Like, they crammed a lot in there. Yeah. I, my mouth is dry. <laughs> did you like it? I did like it. There's like... A part of me that knows I would never watch it mm-hmm. unless it was prompted for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like my friend wants me to watch this movie and I have to be honest, like if it wasn't because of this and you wanting me to watch it, I don't know if I would have even liked it because we were watching it together as a reason of knowing more about you. I liked it because you liked it. Right. You, well, yeah, you can be honest, yeah. though. If you didn't like it, like, that's okay. It's not even a matter of I we'll not liked it. We'll just have to end the podcast. Forever but. and always. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. I think I liked it because I know you liked it. And you kind of primed me because you said, fucking with microphone again, it's camp. It's over the top. It's not meant to be anything other than what it is. Yeah. And if I didn't have that intro, I think I would have had perhaps a lower Rotten Tomato score as what it has regularly. But because... I was also envisioning you watching it at that time. I liked it. Yeah. I just think it's good. Like, it's so bad. It's good. It's so, yeah, so, I love a good bad movie. It's so bad, you know? Yeah. But I feel like it's a really good movie to, to describe me. Like, it's just like, I really feel like it's exactly the thing, the kind of thing that I would want, that I would like and I would watch. And if I showed that to somebody, they could be like, Oh, I think I understand her more. Yeah. Like there's like it. a piece that it's just the like humor. You know, I was talking to Ty before um, I walked up the hill. I didn't walk. I drove. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, so did you like it? And I was like, I, I basically explained what I said to you. But I also said like it was an original movie in a time of movies that are just sequels and redos and remakes. It was an original movie. I love a whodunit. It's one of my favorite genres. And I think that's also why I liked it, too, because I'm constantly trying to figure out who did it. Um, but it was absurd. It was dated in obviously some problematic ways. But like, totally. Yeah. There there are parts where you're like, oh, that doesn't track anymore. Um, but the fact that there was a star-studded cast. It was genuinely funny. I cackled at so many moments. I'm glad I watched it. Yay. Thank you for sharing it with me. Yay. Oh, I love that. Okay, so I was thinking a lot about um, how we're going to rate it, and yeah. I decided this time, let's do it on a percentage basis, 0 to 100%. How likely are you to get that Jamie Lee Curtis bowl cut oh. mullet? I love that you said that. Side note, you did hear me say multiple times throughout this whole thing that math is like percentages are not my favorite, but 77.89%. 
That's really good. 77.89%. Yeah. Uh, I would get that mullet. That makes me happy. As long as yeah. I got that vibrant green you go car. <laughs> part of the package. Part of the package. <laughs> Basically, I just want to be Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of all the people that you could be in the movie, yeah. yeah. She, um, she was pretty badass. Yeah. I mean, I'm going 95%. <laughs> the 5% being the pieces that, are, that haven't aged well. Yeah. There are a few things in there where you're like... Because it's something that I, I've seen so many times, I love it. It's like easy for me to go, you know, put that aside. But it's still, you know, that that could be different. That could be better. Uh, one more question. Who mm. was, what was your favorite character? Who's your favorite character? I need a mo- I love, mm, I'm separating the person mm-hmm. from the character. Yeah, not the actor. The per- I, I think it's, I, it's Rona. I think she's yeah. my favorite. She was a great, really great character. Yeah. Um, mine is two, mm-hmm. but it, they count as one is the two police officers the freaking frack yeah 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 because i just love they they don't ever really talk to anyone else but each other in the whole movie they have a really sweet relationship of (laughs) of care and communication yeah and when you pick up on what they're talking about it's always so ridiculous and funny like what they're saying and And they're never doing their job never (laughs) never yeah yeah that flashed that also flashed in my head too but you know that mullet yeah it's it's unbelievable (laughs) And we've had a couple so far mullets, but that's yeah. uh, I don't it's bare I don't even know if it is a mullet, but anyway. Wow. Well, that makes me happy that you liked it. What a ride. I, I definitely feel like you know me better now. I do. I am grateful. We are that much closer as friends. It's completely meaningless. There's yeah. nothing there's nothing you take away from it. You wasted an hour and a half of your life. But god damn it, you feel you feel good. You feel good. You laughed. Yeah. So it's your turn. Is it my turn? It's your turn. Okay. Um, let me hold your hat. The one on the top should be mine. I added some. That's your hat. I added some more. Oh, I saw. Yeah. So I have more now. Let me. So you're going to hold it and I'm going to grab. <gasps> Drum roll, please. I'm so excited. This is my favorite part. Oh. Oh. Oh, God. Okay. <gasps> oh! <laughs> As if. As if. We're not going to tell wow. you. But boy, is that funny. I think that's also in my hat. I cannot freaking wait. I'm excited to watch and this. Video. I've been wanting to for a while, but I haven't been because I've had a feeling like it's going to come up. Have you seen this? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. I, it's, in my, it's in my hat. If that's in your hat, too? Yeah, yeah. Ah! <laughs> Perfect. Yay. After two weeks of movies that one of us had never seen, mm-hmm. uh, which was very fun, I'm really excited to get back to, you know, like in the first episode where yeah. it was one that we both really loved. Yes. To get back to talking about one that we both like, love. Love. Yeah. And have rewatched almost I've watched this yearly. Like yeah. I love this movie. I can it's almost so quote it. But okay, thank you oh, for Oh my gosh. There's so many connections. And anyway, yes. Anyway, no. No secrets. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like to get a hold of us uh, and let us know, you can email us at newfriendcinema at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Please take the time, if you did enjoy it, to like and leave a review mm. or subscribe. And yeah. you can also find us on Instagram at New Friends Cinema. Did mm-hmm. I miss anything? No, you did not. You did great. Okay. You're a superstar. Oh, so are you. I am. Okay. <laughs> love you. Love you guys. Bye. Oh, I was saying love you to oh. you, but yeah. I love I you. I love you, and I love you. And I love you. Oh. And I love you. And I love you. And I love me. Oh. And you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>